0: Hey everybody! Welcome to Forgiven. We're uh, we're uh, I think we're on maybe our dozenth uh, episode or whatever, uh, thirteenth, fourteenth, thirteenth, fourteenth episode. And uh, if you're joining us for the first time, we just wanted to say welcome. If you're kind of a a regular viewer, hey, thanks for joining in. Thanks for sharing. And uh, we're just trying to get the word out. We're we're trying to. To create an authentic opportunity to begin to talk about some of the nuts and bolts having to do with faith, and so uh, some of you who are just kind of listening for the first time, you might be just exploring faith. You, I don't even know if perhaps you have come to a point where you've decided to to follow Jesus, or maybe you just have. And I know also that there are there are a number of people who are reacquainting themselves uh, with faith, and and when you kind of get back into the world of of serving God, and, and that, you end up having questions, and, and there's there's a number of things, important things that we begin to talk about in the beginning stages, and so uh, the idea that we have is to take us along slowly, because we're all on a journey, whether you've just been in uh, serving Jesus for a week, or whether it has been like 30, 40 years that you've been serving Jesus, we're not at that level 100, and whether you're at a 12, or whether you're at a 50, we want to take you along half a step a step uh, so that we're continually challenging ourselves and so you will have noticed uh, from podcasts past that we don't have all the answers and we're not going to profess that we know all of the answers we're just trying to create conversation and allow us to continually uh, grow in our faith or if you're new just to kind of lead you back into journey of faith where you actually have a genuine bona fide relationship with jesus that's kind of the thought right absolutely so um we've been on a number of subjects and we have a great guest and i'm excited to introduce him uh but what we're wanting to do is we're kind of wanting to introduce our um our i guess our key key area of of focus today that would be uh
1: we're talking about loving your neighbor if you you know if you've been to college or something that's the thesis of this episode how do you authentically love your neighbor?
0: Right, scripture, scripture basically says the great commandments: love the Lord with all your heart, mind, soul, and strength. And then it says the other one is like it: to love your neighbor um, as yourself. And so, it's not something that you can just say, "Oh, I choose not have to do that." Said, Jesus saying this is the, everything is tied to this. Right. We have another, a few other scriptures that, that I know, um, Logan, as you kind of put together, you put a few that we're here. I thought maybe we would just kind of start with a couple of them just to yeah. kind of prime the, the pump here as to what we want to talk about.
1: So uh, the first one that we're going to look at is John uh, 15, 12 to 13. It says, my command is this, love each other as I have loved you. Greater love has no one than this, to lay down one's life for one's friends. Uh, and then we have Romans 12, 9 to 10. It says, love must be sincere and hate what is evil, cling to what is good, be devoted to one another in love, honor one another above yourselves. Um, and I, we're, we're going to wait and we'll let our guest read the next scripture because once we introduce him, because he was pretty adamant about liking this next one. So I think it's probably time. I think people are chomping at the bit to uh, know who we have on. And I just have to say, this person has been one of the most influential people in my time in ministry so far. So I just wanted to get that out of the way and thank him for all of that. Um, So yes.
0: So we have with us Dan Murphy. And I know a number of who are listening and a number who are kind of familiar with our church know who Dan is. And Dan has been a part of the the uh, starting days of this building that we are presently recording and he was he was kind of had a hands-on approach you Dan you kind of helped build this church physically didn't you not
2: yeah I worked for Carl Kennedy when he was the contractor and so I spent the summer uh, swinging a hammer and stuffing insulation and and climbing around and falling off roofs and different things like that so yeah there it was a great day carl if you're listening <laughs> how's it going a shout out to yes, carl
0: who was there dan and i had been friends uh for a number of years because we were both like uh doing the youth scene together like 25 years ago and yeah. uh and we did youth camp together, we did youth convention <laughs> together, we had lots of fun, got ourselves in lots of trouble, hunted down kids who were out of their cabins in the middle of the night and things yeah. like that. And so We even went to Promise Keepers in Atlanta together. Yes, we did. Oh, we'd there done, you go. We've done a lot of things <laughs> together and so kind of appreciated the friendship, even though I, I've been away for a little while, you've always been in Manitoba, yeah. So um, and now you are basically uh, one of the head honchos in our district <laughs> yeah. office, and so we're kind of impressed by that. But the reason that we do have you here, and and, and both Logan and I you know, h- have had opportunity to to know the real Dan Murphy and where your heart is and appreciate your heart, and we wanted to talk about the aspect of authentically loving Jesus. You can misinterpret things in Scripture, but you can't misinterpret Jesus' words when he says, Love your neighbor as yourself. And, and so there is a challenge to us, but the other Mm -hmm. thing about, about loving your neighbor and that is that it is ultimately really is the cornerstone of evangelism. Uh, You can't, you can't win somebody that you really don't care about. Mm -hmm. And I find that many times you can really tell whether a person loves you or not. Right. And so so we thought that we would kind of broach the conversation with you because you spent a number of years in ministries, in youth ministry as a as a senior pastor. And and now you work as a pastor who pastors pastors, basically. And so we thought that we would open open the conversation with the thought of, you know, how how do
2: you approach the subject of
0: loving your neighbor? Uh,
2: it, it's, it's such an overarching statement, right? Because it's one of the two commandments. So like everything about our walk with God falls into either two categories, either loving God or loving others. And, and the reality is um, it, it, it's pinnacle in our, in our walk with God, and yet the challenge is uh, living it out. I mean, it's easy to love God because he's God. But the challenge is (laughs) loving others, right? Because people are people. And and, and that's who we walk in relationship with all the time. And relationships are messy. It's, it's not always easy. And, and we, you know, the old saying, you can pick your friends, but you're stuck with your family kind of thing. And, but that's the same thing with just in general in life, we, We have people in our all our lives that are challenging, but yet, it's also how we're identified as believers. Like Jesus said, "You'll know, people know that you're my disciple, you're my follower, if you have love for one for another." Mm -hmm. And so, if we're not even doing that, then how can people even begin to guess or wonder? And 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 really, that's been the challenge a lot lately. Is is how is how. Christians been walking in and demonstrating love to to those around them and it's always been the challenge right yeah. that we are supposed to be walking in so
0: it's it, it's <clears throat> I'm finding in today's society it's difficult I'll just say that I have found with the advancement of social media and things like that you're almost you're almost a step or two behind before you even get into the relationship because sometimes things are said over the internet sometimes relationships are established and you don't even get to know the person online and words have already been said and and feelings have already been established according to how you you meet with people and um i think that there's something that has to do with trying to figure out maybe who we are in terms of of our identity and and things like that and and i'm just wondering you know as as you have been pastoring for a number of years uh, is there anything that, that you can give
2: us in terms of insights, in terms of loving people? Yeah, I think, I think you hit that a little bit. You know, w- we can't forget how Jesus said that. You know, uh, Logan, you, you read it. You know, love, love one another as I've loved you. But, yeah. but we also are to love our neighbor as we love ourselves. So, and so if, we're not, if we don't have a good perspective of who we are, and our identity, and of our value, and of who we are in Christ, then it's pretty hard for us to love somebody else, because love when we don't value who we are, then how can we how can we value others, and and it becomes the a, a, a challenge for us. And in mm-hmm. fact, we don't want to do that, because then 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 they're better than we are, and and. And that shouldn't be the case. You know, that's why Jesus said what he said and how he said it. it he, because who we are, and I guess you, you wanted to meet me to read that scripture. Philippians chapter 2, verse 3 to 4 says, Do nothing out of selfish ambition or vain conceit. Rather, in humility, value others above yourselves, not looking to your own interests, but, uh, but each of you to the interests of others. And, you know, when you talk about social media and everything now, everyone gets their identity from social media. I, 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 I love it when people like my posts. Yeah. And I don't post a whole lot, but I love it when I post. And, in fact, I'll, I'll say, oh, you know, look, I got so many likes or so many comments or whatever. I mean, it, it makes you feel good. It makes mm-hmm. you feel like you're valued and, and, and people like you. Like, who doesn't like to be liked? Yes. And, but if that's where our identity and our value is, then then we're we're gonna have a real hard time loving loving others. Yeah. I
1: I know for me when I was pretty young, I was in like elementary school, I got bullied a lot. And I had a very low self-esteem. And for me, that caused me to lash out, caused me to not love others. And at the time I was a Christian. Like I had just become a become a Christian, and I was like, I want to love others, I want to to do these things, I wanted to talk to my friends at school, I wanted to do these things, but because I had such a low value of myself and such low self-respect, um, and I just thinking, you know, being told so much that you're garbage and all that things, you start to believe it, and so for me, once I started loving myself and figuring out who I was in Christ and understanding that, like, I'm actually redeemed, I am his son, and He has made me for a purpose, I was able to you know, to invite my friends to church, I was baptized together with one of my best friends and we were able to, like, share that, like, love together because I was able to start loving myself again. And it's just, it's one of those things that, you know, it really, it means a lot to me in that regard.
2: Yeah, like, I I don't think there's a single person who's ever been born that didn't struggle with self-esteem or value. Everyone has. Yep. Everyone does. You can be the most popular person, greatest person, most liked person, and you still haven't. I mean, I, I wasn't the most popular person in the world at as a teenager or whatever, but I had tons of friends and stuff, and yet I would still go home, and then when I, in my quietness in my room, I'd go, I wonder if they would like me if they really knew who I was. If, I, if people really knew who I was, would they still like me? And I think that we, we do that. But our identity, when we come to know Jesus and our identity is in Christ and our value is in Christ, because we know that God loved us and was willing to die for us, then that changes everything. Yeah. It, it changes the value that we have been given and placed on us by God, and that's what we transfer or use to as the lens and perspective to others.
0: Perhaps that's when we talk about the great commandment, it starts off with love the Lord with all your heart, mind, soul, and strength. And I think if, if we can get to the point where we genuinely love God, then God actually begins to put that in us. Mm. We become convinced of the reality that there is a God of the universe who created me. He didn't make any mistakes. Yeah. And so all of a sudden, when we actually, uh, take steps to love Jesus with all of our hearts then God begins to establish that level of identity in us to be able to do it you know to, to just love our neighbor as our home, self without without the the uh, first step of loving Jesus i think God in that process of loving him establishes that identity at least it should anyways yeah absolutely i yeah.
2: think we when we know when uh, i heard early on in my ministry that if we could convince a, a, a kid of one thing that Jesus loves them, like if we could actually get them to believe that, it would change their world. Yep. It would change their life. And so it, it, it literally is that simple. Yeah. So I, as I was
0: thinking about this, this whole subject, I think that loving other people is the simplest thing in the world until.
2: <laughs> yeah, until. We humans complicate it so much. like un, it's, it's un,
0: Until there is someone who comes along that is very hard to love. Yeah. And and sometimes you can't get away from that person. There are some people that are hard to love, and you will only meet them one time, and it says, well, you know, I love you, and I don't have to see you again or talk with you again, so that's fine. But there are people who are in the life. There are some people in our family that... Are very hard to love and who are hard to get along with and yet and, and that's when the flag comes in the ointment and it's very easy to love lovable people it's very easy to love people who are easy to get along with it is very easy to love people who share the exact same views that we do but what happens and we all know that the world is not that way that there are people who um, dislike me because of the faith i profess that people dislike me because the personality that I have is different than theirs or something has happened um I have hurt them they have hurt me and so there's a whole bunch of things that checker uh the 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 thing and so at the same time Jesus doesn't say well if that's the case you don't have to love them (laughs) we don't have to but but now all of a sudden you know, let's let's bring in, let's throw in the mud, the mud on our nice little white portrait that we've been painting, right? And then begin to ask ourselves, what is it, what is it that we do uh, when there when there is extenuating circumstances?
2: Well, isn't that what Scripture says? What you know, if you love those who love you or like you, I mean, what what more have you done than yeah. than the people who don't even know God? Yes. You know, you're, you're, well, that's the easy part. The yeah. challenge is to love those who hate you, those who you don't get along with, those who are different than you. Hmm. Um, and so, yeah, so how do you do that? I think it comes back to value, right? Yeah. Because if we, if we see them as somebody that God loves, that God cares about, that God values, that God wants to redeem, that God treasures that then then that's who we're supposed to be you know I, the most overwhelming scripture in all of the bible for me is where Jesus is on the cross and he looks down and he goes father forgive them for they know not what they do like i, I can't even i can't even grasp that statement in the agony and the pain and the people that he's saying that to who are hurling insults, spitting at him, doing everything. And he says, forgive them. Like it's because of who they, he saw them through a different lens.
0: Yeah. Yeah.
2: I just, I
0: just, as I'm, as I'm going through the Rolodex of people who I have had found (laughs) difficult to love, that, that sometimes is a difficult process. And I, I'm I, as I was just going through things, I say what have been what have been some of the things that I have put in place uh, to help me to love people who are unlovable or help me to love people who have hurt me. Mm. And and I, I think that that's an certainly is an important part of it and, and part of the maturity process is to see ourselves in in the right thing. So I'm asking myself, so what is there is there anything is there anything else that I do as a as a pastor to love unlovable people or what about a person maybe this is a thing that has bothered me um, all the years is that there have been people who've sought to make friendships with people and as soon as they have felt that I'm never ever going to convince them of my way you know and the person says let me let me just tell you like I'm never ever going to share your faith Um, never ever it just it'll never happen, and you never know. <laughs> I've heard many people who said that <laughs> yeah. who have become Christians, right? But at the time, it very much served, and as has happened, and I have have friends who have never ever right. professed faith. I have I have people very close to me who they have kind of gotten the conversation as well. Let's just stop it. And in a lot of respects, I do, you know. And so, so I I think the challenge, I guess, maybe as people are listening maybe maybe this is one of the questions is so how do i how do i go about in those difficult situations uh continuing the relationship
2: well I, a couple of things come in mind is we're not supposed to see people as projects mm. no our relationships aren't supposed to be project based they're not supposed to be well i'm i'm going to be friends with that person so that i can you know, have them come to know Jesus. G- Jesus said, "Love others." Period. N- no, <laughs> no, uh, no other reason, no, no other purpose but to love others. Well, I think the the main reason is because everyone deserves to be loved. Yeah, like people people are longing for love and stuff. And and if are the if your relationship with them is the only one that. They feel valued with and loved and cared about. Well, then that's that's critical for their life, yeah. and and makes a difference in their life. But people aren't supposed to be projects. And I I, I just I like getting to know people. Um, I I'm a people person. I'm I'm technically shy and stuff, but like I and I'm much more comfortable if you know I'm part of of a group setting. But uh, with that, people can. You know that I don't have to try to pledge along but I love just getting to know people it's 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 enjoyable it's yeah. it, it's enriching yeah. in life yeah.
1: well and to kind of answer that the f- the first three words in the second verse that I read from Romans is love must be sincere mm. in a time especially now where we've talked a lot about social media and I I'm bringing it back to that a little bit People are so used to being fed a lie, right? Like social media is a facade of everybody's high. It's a highlight reel for everybody's life. Yeah. And then you look at yourself and then it's not. And so then you're being fed an unsincere, like lack of life. Like you're living an insincere life. And so people today are so very quick at like deducing whether or not you are sincere or not. And I think a lot of the time, I mean, you talked about it a lot when I, when I first started of like, we're not handing them a track. We're not handing them something else after like we put on the Brandon's biggest water fight or we put on the fall car or we put on all these events and it's not a project. We're not necessarily just trying to like get them to come to church the next Sunday. It's like, no, no, no. We're actually just showing you that we actually do love you and care for you and that we are here for you. And yeah. it's like, there's sincerity behind that. And I think, you're right. Like we just can't approach people as projects because they'll figure it out. They'll yeah. realize that it's not sincere and, and that's wrong. Like you're doing yourself a wrongdoing and them.
0: Yeah. Love with love with a string attached is not really love at all. No, no, when it comes down to it. Yeah. You know, and, and love, love when you control the surroundings so that I am only going to associate the people that are lovable doesn't really stretch you in terms of a person as well. Yeah. And and I think that we have been, we've been um, in the past, we have been accused of kind of developing this Christian, I know that I've heard the term the Christian ghetto, which is basically, I'm only going to love people and I'm only going to hang around people who have the exact same view as I have. And the reason I, I don't want to, uh, uh, you know the basics say, well i love these other people but really i don't want to get dirty they make me dirty by being around them and so so therefore i won't associate with you yeah. and and the conundrum with that is is that you never actually get to a point where you are loving people at all you're just kind of you're kind of putting yourself in this cocoon that never ever makes you effective and yeah. i don't think that that was ever anything that jesus wanted us to do he says love your neighbor well how can you love your neighbor if you don't know them at all. Yeah. And that becomes, that becomes a challenge for
2: us. Right? Yeah. And in our world, we're, we're, they say now we are the most connected but most isolated uh, people in history because we're connected through social media. We're connected through all kinds of things. But relationally, we are isolated, more isolated than ever before. Yeah. We don't know our neighbors. We don't know other. We know a few people, sprinkling, but we don't make the effort to go literally go out and physically like yes. engage with people in a in yes. a real scenario. Yeah. Yeah. We can
0: we can go we can go to Mars, but yeah. we can't go across the street. We're yeah.
1: superficially
2: connected. Well, I mean, uh, we lived in Thompson, and 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 it got to the point. You know, you, it's fifteen thousand people, but. You, you get to know people over the course, and I got to the point where sometimes my my wife or my my kids didn't want to go grocery shopping with me because we'd stop and we'd be I'd be visiting with you know every, in, down every aisle at Safeway, and, and it took me twice as long or three hours to you know grab a couple things to, because I wanted to visit with people, yep. and you know when it talks about building relationship, like we oftentimes it's natural and it's easy to build relationships with people. Of like mind, like interests, like goals, like values. The challenge is when we don't when they're not those people. But then, that's what love really is. Exactly. Like when when you read it, it says not looking to your own interests, but the interests of them. I I know that's talking about you know uh, you know caring for people and 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 sacrifice. But but we oftentimes just hang out with people that have the same interests with us. I, I love building a relationship with somebody where I get to ask, so what are you interested in? What What do you like? Like how often do we... We love telling people what we like and sharing and doing and stuff, but, but when was the last time we actually did something with somebody, not because we enjoy it, but because they enjoy it? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And over my life, I, I mean... I, I didn't grow up doing a lot of cer- certain things but but because I've gotten into relationship with others and loving them I, I want to love them I want to demonstrate the love of God to them they have these hobbies or they have these interests and so I guess I'm gonna go do that and and I learned it and I've I now really enjoy them yeah so
0: you're, you're kind of veering out out past the idea of um, loving being just communication because it goes past just verbal communication. I think,
1: yeah, no, sorry, go on.
0: Well, I I think that one of the lost, the lost entities in, um, in our society is the actual pursuit and practice of hospitality Mm. to have people into your house who you don't really know. Like, I'm not talking about, okay, we have friends and we, we get together and we'll play games or we will you know have a time where we'll just have our friends over. But to actually be purposeful in uh, having your neighbor who you don't know over to your house or in your house or create conversations with people who you purposely, purposefully, you know that you differ different from them. Can I sit there and have a conversation with a person who is diametrically opposed uh, to my views? And do I actually actively pursue relationships like that so that I can actually practice um, genuinely loving people who may not love me back?
2: Hmm. Yeah, wow. <laughs> I mean, I have people like that in my life and uh, that um, uh, that just bring um, chaos um, most times. And so we try to avoid that chaos. And so... We try to live with some kind of parameters because about, you know, sometimes you have to have boundaries, but but at other times it's, yeah, being hospitable and uh, uh, kind, right? Like that's that's love. Um, yeah. Kindness, being kind, loving, yeah. generous. Yeah. Um, yeah, there is a, there you, was a you got me. <laughs> <laughs> there is a book. There
0: is a book that came out, and it was one of the the Christianity Today's books of the year. And uh, I, I know the author. I, I've read a few of her articles now. Her name was Rosaria Butterfield, and the book was called "Gospel Comes with a House Key." And uh, she was a tenured professor and uh, and lived a life totally diametrically opposed to what we that we live as as Christians and uh, she was going to be writing an article and she was very militant in her views and um there was a pastor who said i, I don't I, I don't know if i agree and here's a few things that i disagree with in that but i would certainly love to have you over at my house so we can discuss it and so she came and she was loaded with a bunch of questions and uh, and statements and things like that and then said so they just had a conversation and then he she said she says it was two years before they even talked about me going to their church somehow we think that if i can somehow get them to my church <laughs> then yeah. the pastor will be able to do something <laughs> well, <laughs> boy are they disappointed then when that takes place but she said when what ended up happening was i was just won by the love of the individuals and i totally disagreed with everything now you know she's changed she's changed her her lifestyle drastically. She is a pastor's wife, but and she began to talk about the fact that the the way that we reach people is to actually step into their world and take a chance.
2: Yeah. Yeah, right. it's about stepping into their world, right? Yep. And allowing them into ours. Yes. Yes. Right? And, and and so it's not just about uh, theirs, but ours as well and allowing them to be uh, they see the real us, right? When when I mean we can all put on the, the facade that we want uh, you know in a, in a very brief setting, but you spend a little bit of time with people and and the facade disappears yeah. and uh, so I think I think it's, I think it's a, an amazing way that people uh, get to see us i I love I love hearing from people when, you know, you spend time with them for a little while and they don't know who you are, or especially me in a sense. Uh, And then eventually it comes around to the question of, so what do you do? Yeah. (laughs) And and then I, they say, well, actually I'm a minister or I'm a clergy or that. And and sometimes they'll say, Oh, I'm sorry. And I'm like, so for for what? Well, yeah. all the things I said, you know, and the language or whatever. And I'm like, well, don't you don't have to apologize to me? Like it, I'm not the one who like it. I don't. Yeah. You don't need to say sorry to me. Yeah. And and I love it when along the way, along the journey, or further into the relationship or whatever, they go. You're just a normal person. You're just an, you're you're a normal person. Because I think a lot of people think Christians are these, you know, crazy people who, and sometimes they're right. Though. Well, that's yeah, my problem. Right, sometimes. And, and we, yeah. that's,
1: I feel like that's a whole other discussion about the bad egg spoils the bunch type. Of thing.
0: I I would hate to think that I am so shallow that I cannot be a friend with you because you don't believe the exact same things that I do.
2: Yeah. yeah. It's uh, how 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 do we have that even as as a standard. Yeah. Mm. Like that it's sh- that shouldn't even enter the equation. Nope. Right? In Like it didn't it didn't in Jesus's life, it didn't matter who they were. He was with them. Yeah. Like think- he didn't he didn't have like a, you know, a screening uh security guards uh at all his events where he was screening people like are you going to like are you okay with being here? Like why 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 do we screen people in our lives? Yeah. No. And-
1: Sorry, I just, one of the things about this is like, that I've noticed is when I was, especially when I was in Bible college, I mean, Bible college is like, it's great, it's awesome, but you're, you're in the Christian ghetto if you're never, like, that's the ghetto of the ghetto, right? Because you're completely surrounded by like-minded people, and one of the most rewarding experiences that I ever got was I had an internship at this, at a church, but it was across the city from me. Um, and I can't drive, so like I I would take the bus or I'd walk or occasionally use an Uber whatever. And through that, one time there was this guy that I just kept meeting on the bus route, like all the time. And I just he'd always ask me what I'm doing, blah blah blah, and I'd always like kind of tell him, oh, like I'm training to be a pastor, all these things. And I I'd never even invited him. I never even mentioned the church that I worked at. But he could. I guess he could just tell because the bus like dropped like a block away, and it would drive past. So I guess he figured it out. But like three, four months later, he just showed up randomly on a Saturday to church, mm-hmm. and he's like, "Hey, I've been talking to this Logan guy. Like, what's this about?" And I was able to like talk to him about it. And I don't, I haven't seen him back at the church. I, I don't know, but it was one of those moments where like it was just when you're just in when you're sincere and you open and you bring people in. It shows them that you care. Right. And I think, and I just wanted to share that, like, because you mentioned it and it really stuck with me of like, we can go out to them as much as we want. We can put in like all the effort and we should, but we have to be willing then to allow them to come in. And I think that's where a lot of us as Christians sort of hit the road, hit, you know, we hit the stop because it's like, whoa, 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 I don't, I don't want to invite them into my church. They, they don't have their Sunday clothes or what are people going to think of me if they see me sitting next to them or this, that, the other. And it's like, no, 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 no. That's, the, that's where the rubber meets the road. Like that's the important part. You need to let them in.
0: Yeah. Sometimes I come to the realization that the reason I'm meeting with this individual is because God has already been working on their heart, mm. right? Like that one quote, I know I've said it before, that evangelism is, is joining a conversation that God is already having yeah. with somebody and that becomes the important issue and so we're talking about loving each other and how do we actually do that how do we get good at that and um one thing that i was you know one thing i always refer to is my biggest time i didn't do so well is there dan is there a time can you think of an instance where you know what was the toughest instance in your life where you've had problems had problems with loving people? Now, as a pastor, I'm sure that there have been a number. <laughs> but can you think of one? How did you handle the situation?
2: Yeah, I I think it's... I can think over my life uh, of times where people um, didn't like me, and like really didn't like me. Either I had said something to them or... Just by virtue of who I am, or my faith, or whatever, um, there's a hostility uh, towards me, and those are the people that um, are are difficult because you you don't want people angry at you, you don't want people hostile with you, but nothing you do is going to change that. Mm-hmm. Like like nothing you do will change that because. That's what they've decided, and and you can be as gentle and gracious and kind and loving, like the, the scripture says, um, uh, 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 a gentle answer turns away wrath, right? And so, like you you can respond kindly, you can respond gently, and stuff, and it it makes no difference to them, yeah. and it's 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 just it doesn't make any difference, and it I think. I think what bothers me is 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 the frustration that I I end up with. Hmm. Because I'm doing what I need to do. I'm doing what I should be doing. I'm doing what God's calling me to do. And yet I'm not breaking down any of the hostility or the anger or the frustration or whatever. And and what I've come to the point was it was it's not about it's not about me it's about them right because my relationship with god ain't going to be any different because of it and i don't have to carry that because it's not mine to carry and it's not hurting me that that person doesn't like no. me
0: so so god is called
2: god has <laughs> called
0: me to love everybody but god has not called everyone to love me yeah and that that sometimes for especially for us minister types, we kind of want that. We, that we kind of are, are going for that and coming to realization that may never happen. You know, I, I often I often basically have to take a look at certain relationships, and I don't abandon them, but I just come to the realization that I don't, I think that there's all, there's only so much that I can do to happen them and just kind of hand that over to God and, as far as that's concerned.
1: And I think that's okay. Like, I think God had that in mind. You know, like we just said, evangelism is stepping into a conversation that God's already started. That doesn't mean that the conversation ends with you. It could start with somebody else. Yeah. You know, like I have, like I've come to the realization that I'm probably not going to be the person to influence my family necessarily to, you know, to become Advent Christians and start coming to church. Because I just think to relate, there's, there's a lot of like relationship stuff there that is hard for them to break down of like... We seen Logan before, and we see him now, and they're still stuck on the before. But that doesn't mean that I let them go or I, you know, stop the relationship. And I'm not saying there's outright hostility or anything like that. But it's sometimes we have to recognize that, like, we're just not the person that is able to help these people. Then that doesn't mean they're not they're not worth saving, or it doesn't mean they're not, you know, worth still, you know, keeping the relationship there. But it's like God probably has not probably does have somebody else in store, you know, to use and to work through and, and to to empower them to follow him. And and that for me was just like something that was like very, very difficult. Right. Like I don't like the parable of the sower because I I'm tired of being the one to scatter the seed and never be the one to see it be watered. And I think when it comes to loving other people, the gospel message is for everyone. Like there's no, we're, we all deserve it and we're, and we all need to hear it. And all we can do is our best and God does the rest. And that's,
0: I, I think it's never, ever an easy process. I I think it's real easy and romantic to just say, oh, I just have to do this and that. And here's the, here's this three-step model that we have on loving people. And, and if you can keep practicing that, it'll be fine because there's so many barriers. You know, one barrier is that this person has hurt me. Mm -hmm. right and the other barrier is there has there are differences in our the way we see life and the way we react to life uh another barrier is and and this is becoming more and more of a reality and dan maybe you can you can uh you know weigh in on this is that like in our church and in our society there are a lot more cultural differences between Mm -hmm. myself and other people you know our congregation is getting to the point where we're you know, almost a quarter of us are Nigerian or or Ethiopian or Indian or Spanish there's so many different there's kind of a vast and I've always I've always tried to face the challenge of of the fact how do I love a person when there is a cultural a cultural barrier
2: yeah well I'll get I want to answer that I I I, I want to just also say uh just back a, okay. a bit that you know, I think there's, um, there's a freedom in loving people. Mm. When, when we don't love people, it's because we're walking with hurt. We're walking with all kinds of other stuff. Yeah. And, and those are, those, those are bondage things. And when people are angry and hostile, like we're not the ones that are, are, are imprisoned by that. It, it, it's, it's those people. And so, I've just learned that there's a freedom that comes when we love people, but loving people and and embracing people who are very culturally different, I I love it. I, I personally, that's I, I thrive on that part because um, I, I love the scripture in Revelation that says when he when you're describing heaven, it says people from every tribe, tongue, nation, you know, it's diverse people from all around the world. And what I've learned is. Is we're very different like it's very different but i want to celebrate our diversity like i want to celebrate um uh, tell me tell me what you like Uh, you know it goes back to what we were talking about earlier i want to know about your world i want to know about how you do life i want to know what you like and, and stuff and so I've ate I, I've gone to baby naming ceremonies now because that's what some Africans do the Ghana people love doing a naming big naming ceremony and and it's it's a fantastic event I I, I wish I could go to one every every week there, there's such a festivity you know I, I love the Nigerians and the cell how they celebrate and and, and just do all kinds of stuff uh, there's stuff that I've eaten that I don't want to eat again uh, <laughs> but there's stuff that I want to eat anytime I can like it, it's let's celebrate the diversity and, and things that that we have and yeah. and get into their life.
0: I just find that it, it requires me to take a step back into their world or step forward into their world and um, it's easy to love one person who may be from a different culture or whatever as long as you're playing on my play field right and all of a sudden when you're the majority it's your play field and i i kind of put myself in that place and i say no i think for the majority of us if we're going to reach people of different nationalities and different cultures i have to somehow allow myself to to put myself in their shoes and and say it's okay to have an accent it's okay for you to be able to speak and we may not totally understand I find I find one of the biggest uh, issues that I have with people who are coming into the church and they genuinely need help and they genuinely you know may share the same things that I do but there is this uh, I'm in a different culture I'm in a, a, a different dialect and I, I'm always subconscious about the fact that it is there. And I think that there it requires loving people. Sometimes requires me to take a step into their world, oh, yeah. uh, and otherwise, otherwise it just never, it never happens. It just becomes something which is superficial.
2: Yeah. yeah well, think about it. I think about it. Like the same opposite, right? Like mm-hmm. when, when, when you, when they're in your world, how, how you're excited that they're like asking you something about Canada. Mm-hmm. right or or you're getting to tell them something about canada and they're tr- discovering it the exact same thing that that same joy that we have they they would be experiencing when we ask them about those kind of things and yeah. so like let them let them be who they are uh, prayer is a, an interesting thing I, I you know english isn't their their first language a lot of times with things and we'll be in a prayer meeting or whatever. And I've had this in different scenarios where, where they'll I'll say, and, and can you pray? And they'll go, okay. And I'd say, and, and please, you can pray in whatever language you want. Like I can agree with somebody praying in, you know, Swahili or, or in French or like, it doesn't matter what their language is. Yeah. I can, I can agree with them in, in, in the spirit. They're not praying to Dan Murphy anyways mm-hmm. they're yes. praying to God and, and so let them let them be culturally uh comfortable sometimes sometimes we don't <laughs> we want them to be uh comfortable in our culture but we we oftentimes don't make space for them to be comfortable in, in theirs yeah I, I think what
1: you just said is like something so simple like like seriously though like I think so many times, like, a couple prayer meetings and things like that where people, we have everybody coming from every nation and then people feel left out because they don't want to pray in English or they can't. And so it's like, I'll be honest, that has never crossed my mind to actually encourage somebody to pray in their own language because to me, it's just, I would just assume that if you're comfortable in it, do it. But to them, they don't. Right? And I think for all the people listening, I think that simple encouragement of just, like, saying, like, Hey, like, we actually would like encourage you to do that. Like, do what actually makes you comfortable. Is like so, like, telling and true, and so tangible and so easy. Like, it's just one of those simple things that I would just always assume. Yeah, pray in your language. Like that to me makes the most sense. I pray in English because it's my first language. So why wouldn't somebody who speaks Spanish pray in Spanish? Yeah, you know. So it's like I think that that hit. That's just so simple. It's really good.
0: Yeah, I would hate. if anyone leaves the church, I'm always, you know, you always care if someone goes from one church to another church, but if, if there's someone who goes and, and we'll, we'll kind of keep it on the subject to those people from different cultures uh, that would come and they're just trying to find their way and they come and eventually they leave because I, I like a little bit more charismatic service or uh, I have a differing of view. I'm probably more Baptist in my belief than I am Pentecostal or whatever. And, and if they go for those reasons, I really don't mind. I would hate for people to go because they don't feel that the pastor doesn't love them or that the people doesn't love them, right? right? That that becomes the one imperative, and it should per- be perhaps the one thing that defines a church that is part of their culture. Yeah. To actually, right. genuinely love people, you can go. There will always be people who will go to a different church for whatever reason, but it should never ever be because they don't feel loved by the, by the people of that congregation.
2: Yeah. Right. And remember, it's about being valued, right? Yeah. And so, how are you demonstrating the value that you you have on them? Like, if we had a potluck, I I would insist that you bring one of your dishes. Mm-hmm. Like, we we want to try. Like, don't don't be bringing a tuna casserole kind of thing if you're if if that's not your cultural food. Yeah. And and so so we would we would have them bring like I I don't. I'm I'm not a tripe fan. In case you're wondering, I, I can't I can't get it down. I'm not I'm what not is it eating, I'm, tripe. 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 What's tripe? Tripe is uh, basically the lining of a of a of a uh, cow's stomach. Yeah. Mm. Um, so it's basically the stomach uh, cleaned up and chopped up. It's rubbery. It's but there are people who love it, absolutely love it. I, I'm not a tripe fan. I've tried it. I will continue trying it out of honor and out of, yeah. out of love. But, but there's other dishes. Oh, my, like, bring it on. I want it and, and stuff. And so are, they, are you giving them space in the Sunday service? We, we say, oh, our church needs to uh, reflect our community that we live in. And, and that's great if it, it's diverse, the congregation. But what about the leadership? What about the places of visible Visibility. Do they have a place there? Yeah, and are we making space for that? We we would have an African Sunday kind of thing or whatever. We we'd assemble an African worship team and and they'd go to town. It was great. Yeah. yeah.
0: So for anyone who uh, really likes stripe and wants to complain, uh, the <laughs> <Yeah>. the email <laughs> is uh, Dan at PAOC. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, PAOC. yeah. at BethelBrandon.ca. So,
1: um, can I ask one more question? Because we're gonna have to, we're gonna have to wrap up here. Yep. Um, we kind of touched on it a little bit, but how do you? Canada today and the world today is so divisive. We are so divided. It's you're this or you're that. You like this or you don't like that. You cheer for that sports team. Well, I hate you because I cheer for this. Or you chose to go to that school. Why didn't you go to this one or whatever? How do we as Christians mend that gap? Because that's part of loving everyone because we should love people that we disagree with. And how do we do that? Because that is part of loving everybody.
2: Yeah. Great question. And yeah, I I will quote somebody, uh, uh, who who said something uh, about 6 months ago in uh, in a meeting i was at they said you know what uh, i'm i'm not going on certain topics i'm not going to i'm not going to have those big conversations or debates uh, because rela- relationship trumps conversation sometimes hmm. and so i i value relationship over over a debate and uh, I mean, <laughs> my in my house, we were we always love to debate, argue about stuff. And and scripture says, don't don't waste your time on on godless and and unfruitful and un, unproductive debates. You don't do it. And there was a time where I was debating all the time with my brothers about stuff and things. And we'd always get into arguments. And I mean, we love to push each other's buttons on, on things. Well, one day uh, we were down at the cabin and, and my parent and my wife was with me and we got in, we, me and my brothers got into it again. And my wife walked out and says, I'm going home. I'm done. I'm leaving. And, and I'm like, I went out after her and I said, what are you doing? She says, I'm tired of you guys always arguing about stuff. And if that's all you're going to do, then, then I'm, I don't need to be here. And it was a wake-up call for me and I said, okay, okay, I won't argue anymore. And so from then on for quite a while whenever they'd say something I'd go yeah I agree and they'd go you can you are you serious you agree with that and I'm like yeah absolutely well I don't agree with that well then neither do I and and we like it just got to the point where I the debates were useless yeah and so I think I think that's part of it is just not engaging in the debates mm. like don't do it it's for what purpose uh, because here's the reality. People have already made their mind up. You're not going to convince them on something. If if they're hardcore on a debate, this side of an issue, unless you're like some super person that's got a great revelation that's going to rock their world, they're not changing. Yeah. And so all it is is a godless, useless debate. And so don't go there. Don't go there. Yeah. I... If I can have a two cents, yeah, can absolutely. I, two cents?
0: I think the way that I truly show people that I love them is through repetition. I can tell you that I love you, and you say, "Yeah, well, that's great." Well, we'll see you later, and it really doesn't mean a lot. But if I am continually giving you examples of how I am going to to show that I love you, eventually there will be a time after time. Sixteen or seventeen, I think we have been guilty uh, many times as a church of kind of doing these token events and saying we love you, but ultimately I have an agenda yeah. to give you this track and to to uh, express. So you got to sit through this gospel presentation. You know that it is free, but there's it comes with the cost. If I can continually um, do activities or express myself in a way where I say I love you, I genuinely love you. There's no strings attached to this, other than the fact that I love you. And usually, maybe it might be after, after authentic event number eight, they'll say, "You know what? I think that they're actually telling the truth. They actually do love me." And I think that perhaps that is one of the, the, um, in most important things, that if I if I tell you, if I show you, if I exemplify that I love you, with no payback or no agenda. Mm. Then eventually, after 10 times, I will have built a bridge. And then it really doesn't matter if you are liberal and I am conservative. Fact is that I have just, I have exercised uh, through repetition a genuine love for you. And it says, well, it doesn't matter whether you are conservative or or liberal. Uh, What really does matter is that at the end of the day, I can depend on you because you've shown it to me. Yeah. and that becomes the important issue and that yeah. becomes the challenge for us today as Christians and when Jesus says love your neighbor it doesn't mean it one time he means it every single day for the rest of your life because that's part of your DNA as a believer in Jesus Amen. Yeah. so it's
2: great let it be sincere let it be authentic
0: and let it be repetitious and really let it purposeful. Be repetition. yeah and
1: my answer to my own question, because this is one that people so have asked. So you set me.
0: yourself up. <laughs> yeah, yeah I tossed myself here, a law. Here, folks, ball. we are at the great crescendo <laughs> of the podcast at this no, time. No, I just, <laughs> London, I've had a, I've had a lot
1: of people ask me this question over the years, and so it's one that I've thought about a lot. Both of you are right. Like those are usually two of the points that I hit, but the other one that I hit is that they're son and daughter of Christ, and end, no matter what. And that makes them just as important or more important than their opinion. Mm -hmm. Mm
0: -hmm.
1: And that's that. And I leave it at that. And so for me, I love arguing with my friends. I'm just like Pastor Dan in that way. (laughs) Me and my family, we go back and forth on stuff all the time. And for the longest time, my mom, very much like to your (laughs) wife, would, would leave the room or whatever and she'd get mad at us. We don't play certain board games anymore yeah. because because it just it involves like whatever. We don't play Monopoly because A it takes 4 hours, but B because we start making deals and everybody starts arguing and whatever and it loses the point of playing a game together. And so it's like for me they are a brother and sister of Christ and they deserve the same love as anybody else does. And that's and for me that's how I start to Disengage, And I start to, you know, pull myself back from the conversation. And that's why I start to be repetitious because I'm constantly reminding myself of the same thing. They are a brother and sister of Christ. They are just as equal in the eyes of God as me. So who am I to try to put them down or try to change their mind? So,
0: so you might be listening. I'm not too sure exactly where you are. But the hope is that this will have stimulated some conversation. Or maybe you're here and you have... You have some points that you need to make or you're saying hey can i get some help with this can you can you expound things a little bit more uh, we are here for you and we are available for you and we want to be able to do the best we can to serve you And so if you're having questions uh, and if you're needing any kind of prayer or anything then please either contact the church or uh, email us at
1: forgiven okay
0: well hopefully we've stepped a little bit further hopefully we haven't muddied the water and we've made it a little bit clearer and gave us a bit of a challenge. Dan, thank you so much for joining us. Hope it's been a fun experience for you.
2: Yeah, you know what? I, I, honestly, I think this might be my very first podcast. So uh, thanks for uh, introducing me to this We've taken world. you
0: on the maiden voyage there of we go. podcasting. There we go. yes. Anyways, God bless you, everyone. Thanks for joining us. And uh, let us know how we can help and serve you in any way. Have a great day or great evening.
1: God bless, everybody. God bless.